This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, thanks for joining us today. I'm Danny Gomez, Managing Director of Financial and Emerging Markets for Freight Waves. I'm joined today by Dan Scarborough, the co-founder, um, president, and chief operating officer of Incubax, a leader in the um, environmental commodities markets. Um, thanks for joining us today, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, uh, Danny. And thank you to uh, Frank, uh, Freight Waves for having us involved today. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so today, you know, what I would love to do is, um, you know, as you and I have been in contact um, over the years that we've worked together, um, we've seen really a shift in, I think, more recently um, in what is referred to as ESG initiatives. Um, and, you know, Freight Waves is um, in a unique position to be providing information um, and data to the market on really what um, what their environmental impact is from the transportation space. And this is really important. You know, I think in 2018, there was a study that said that transportation made up 26% of um, the carbon emissions. I think in the U.S., the passenger and um, transportation industry is 28% of the greenhouse gas emissions. And so this is a very um, important topic for the industry and one I think we'll continue to dive into. And so we appreciate you coming here today to, to talk about it. Um, if you don't mind, if, um, you know, giving a little bit of a background um, on your experience in the space, you've been dealing um, in the environmental markets for quite some time. So um, just kind of give us some background on, on you know, how we all got started and where we're at today. Yeah, sure, Danny. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, Incubex is an incubator for exchange-traded products uh, focused on the global environmental space. We uh, entered into a partnership with the European Energy Exchange Group and EEX uh, and Nodal Exchange here in North America to really list a broad range of carbon, renewable energy, uh, renewable fuels contracts uh, back in 2017. Um, prior to that, you know, really... Uh, my career and uh, also many of my colleagues at Incubex came from a company called Climate Exchange. And Climate Exchange um, was effectively the first uh, exchange to list carbon futures uh, contracts and many other environmental contracts. And so Climate Exchange uh, was acquired by ICE in 2010 and uh, worked at Intercontinental Exchange or ICE uh, from 2010 to 2014. And we formed Incubex really on the basis that, you know, we really saw the, the environmental markets, um, you know, as a big opportunity, first and foremost, and, and an area of passion uh, that we had. Um, and, you know, really, you know, for myself, you know, starting my career under Dr. Richard Sandor, uh, who really, you know, was named, I think, Time Magazine, Father of Carbon Trading, um, and, you know, being starting with Richard about 15 years ago now, um, you know, uh, was able to list and, and work on a lot of these first exchange-traded environmental contracts. So, you know, it's been a great, great space to be in and uh, certainly one that, um, you know, is, is growing in prominence now. How is that? What did the environmental market look like from just a carbon perspective 15 years ago? 
Yeah. So, you know, Chicago Climate Exchange uh, was a voluntary greenhouse gas program where companies could take a voluntary but legally binding reduction commitment of their greenhouse gas emissions really ahead of any kind of mandate. Um, and so, you know, at the peak of the program, it grew to you know, over 450 members, uh, you know, companies like Motorola, International Paper, IBM, you know, about 20 of the largest utility companies in North America. And, you know, these companies were taking these reduction commitments on a voluntary basis. Uh, on a parallel path, you know, we saw many mandatory market-based solutions, which, you know, really started with the acid rain program under the Clean Air Act amendments in 1990 uh, and listing the first futures contract uh, for environmental credits in 2004 was the sulfur dioxide futures contract. And really from there, as we've seen, really a proliferation of market-based solutions for environmental markets, the contract set has grown from there. So, you know, we, we started with SO2, uh, we started with a voluntary greenhouse gas program, and now obviously that's grown in scale. You've got the European Union uh, with, uh, you know, an emission trading scheme that has been operating since 2005. Uh, you have the regional greenhouse gas initiative here in North America, which, you know, now is 11 states, uh, most recently uh, your home state, Danny, of Virginia, uh, joining that program. And uh, the Western Climate Initiative uh, with California and Quebec uh, really linking up and being a mandatory carbon program uh, that is uh, cross-border between Canada and, and the United States. So uh, between that, you know, 29 states and D.C. having renewable portfolio standards for uh, renewable electricity and then moving into, um, you know, many of the uh, renewable fuels markets under the renewable fuel standard on a federal level, and many of these states now implementing low-carbon fuel standard markets, California, Oregon, um, you know, a, a northeast initiative called the Transportation Climate Initiative, and uh, most recently, Minnesota, uh, considering legislation for uh, a low-carbon fuel standard as well. So you have these, you have this, it sounds like a voluntary market um, to start, and you're having more um, mandatory programs being put in place that are, you know, um, putting pressure on the companies to, to put in place some um, ESG standards, if, if we want to label it as that. You know, just pausing there for a second, you know, I appreciate that everyone who's tuning in may not be as familiar with these markets as, as you are. Um, what does ESG mean and how does, um, I think for us today, focusing on, on the E part of that um, acronym? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting question because, you know, I think, you know, we've seen a, a really a mixture of public and private commitments uh, towards sustainability and environmental issues and, uh, you know, serve on the board of something called the Environmental Markets Association uh, since 2012. And really, it's a market-based organization, an industry trade group uh, for market-based solutions to environmental issues. And so, you know, really the uh, you know, trying to be a strong advocate for, you know, using market-based solutions to address uh, many of these issues, which, you know, uh, started with acid rain, uh, obviously the reduction of uh, carbon under many of these cap and trade programs or greenhouse gases under these carbon programs. And most recently, you know, these low carbon fuel standard markets are really aimed at the transportation sector and uh, to promote lower carbon intensity in transportation fuels. And so, 
you know, we've seen programs in California, as I mentioned, uh, Oregon uh, being considered in Washington state, being considered, you know, in many other states, uh, New Mexico, the Northeast as well. So, um, you know, really, I think what we've seen from an environmental perspective are a proliferation of these uh, market-based approaches to various environmental issues. Um, and then separate and apart from that, voluntary commitments uh, from corporates as well. So, you know, I think, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was more about, you know, making that environmentally conscious uh, decision, whether it be, you know, for marketing purposes or, you know, based on, you know, a strong belief in sort of, uh, you know, protecting the environment and that being a high priority for many of these companies. Now it's more of an investment uh, decision as well. And the capital markets are really, you know, uh, really starting now to value uh, in ESG and, and the environmental impact of these companies. And so, you know, I think from a, from an investment uh, perspective, uh, many of these uh, companies now are also doing these things based on the fact that, um, you know, that's what investors are asking for. You know, as you describe um, the market, you know, it sounds like there is some states that have standards, some states that don't have standards. There's voluntary, there's things that you can do on your own. Um, how do firms, so, you know, let's just break it down, right? So a company decides to put in some ESG initiatives and some ESG targets. Um, explain a little bit about what that means from the environmental side, right? What are you committing to do? How do you go about thinking about your carbon footprint? Um, and then what are the ways that firms are, what are the tools that firms have at their disposal today to really show those efforts in reduction? Um, I think part of it too, for me is right. There's, there's the mandatory or the regulation that says that you must do it. There's, you know, if you have, if you're a company that has, set its own ESG targets and things that you're choosing to do on your own. But at the end of the day, you do have to be able to measure these activities, um, the reduction efforts that you're doing. Um, and then the other tools, as you mentioned, the markets that are available for you to go um, and to, to purchase offsets to, to, you know, offset the emissions that you're doing. Um, and so explain a little bit about kind of that dynamic from start where you decide to set ESG standards for yourself, then what can you do from an operations perspective? And then what are also um, the market-based tools available to, to these companies to, to show that, that reduction? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. You know, what we've seen is, uh, you know, a space that really continues to, uh, to, uh, to evolve uh, over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And, you know, where the market's at now, uh, you know, certainly, you pick up a newspaper every day, there's a new commitment uh, towards net zero. Uh, you know, it, it seems, you know, that every company is sort of looking to bring that target forward. Uh, so companies will say, well, we're net zero by 2050, you know, move it forward. We want to be net zero by 2040. Uh, we want to be 100% renewable, you know, uh, use 100% renewable energy, um, you know, we by 2030. Uh, we want to be 100, uh, effectively 24-7 renewable around the clock. You know, all these things have different, um, you know, connotations. Everyone uh, is looking at different time horizons to achieve, uh, you know, these targets. Um, you know, the ways in which they can do that, you know, can obviously be through direct uh, reduction of their emissions through technology. Um, 
you know, uh, depending on the industry, that's going to vary uh, what, what's available and, you know, potentially based on the market signal and the market price, uh, what may be developed in the way of technology. And that's a big reason why these markets exist to kind of uh, to put that price signal out there. And so, you know, many people uh, who study these markets and analysts are looking at, you know, what those price signals are. Um, you can obviously point to some of the mandatory programs you know, where European carbon is trading, you know, at all time highs, uh, going back to, you know, 2005, look at the California cap and trade program or the regional greenhouse gas initiative. Um, but really in the way of, you know, looking at ways to mitigate or offset, uh, you know, some of these things are very straightforward and have been done for years. So, you know, things like Green E certified RECs, uh, you know, have been a tool, uh, you know, for, corporates to, you know, really go out and, you know, use these recs uh, to offset their electricity usage uh, and, and make it green. And so, uh, you know, recs are, are certified, issued, uh, you know, by state bodies in many cases, or, you know, ERCOT in Texas, PJM, uh, Emirates in the Midwest, uh, WEC out, out West. And so, you know, many of these recs, uh, you know, are measured, verified, um, you know, generation of renewable energy that can be retired uh, and used in some of these green uh, power purchasing uh, programs. In the case of offsets, you know, there are carbon offsets as well, which uh, some of which are mandatory uh, programs like California uh, has a mandatory offset program. They have protocols that they accept as being accept, you know, eligible for compliance. Uh, they put limitations normally on the offset use, usage so that you have, have to have, you know, an actual uh, direct emissions cut um, in your footprint, but you can offset some of that. Um, but really, you know, what I think we're starting to see now is, you know, a push for more standardization, more harmonization of some of these voluntary offset standards. You have, you know, many registries out there, uh, you know, the gold standard, uh, Climate Action Reserve, American Carbon Registry, you know, there's several uh, different registries out there. Uh, they all have different technologies and, and methodologies that they use, um, many of which have been around for, you know, quite some time that are, you know, proven and trusted, uh, but really trying to bring some standardization, some harmonization to, you know, what those standards look like, how you track them, how you verify them, uh, you know, uh, what the invalidation risk might be. There's all kinds of uh, moving parts there. So, you know, for the voluntary aspect, and, and, and we do think that, you know, the voluntary markets are going to be an important piece alongside, you know, many of these mandatory, whether it be state or uh, international, uh, you know, environmental markets that, you know, already exist or, or, you know, certainly could develop down the pipeline. The voluntary market will be a complement, uh, you know, to those, but the voluntary market also needs, um, you know, to evolve and to scale. And so, you know, there's a task force right now led by Mark Carney that is really aimed at doing that. And many industry stakeholders are involved in that process. And so in that, <clears throat> if there's a, a market, in, um, a voluntary market where um, companies can go and um, certify pathways, is that the right term, terminology? Uh, it could be. In, in the case of fuels, uh, you know, pathways are, are kind of the... Um, you know, the, the low carbon fuel standards are a good example of that where, you know, you're looking at a carbon intensity level in the transportation fuel and really, um, 
you know, if it's an ethanol plant or biodiesel or, you know, some of the various uh, renewable fuel sources out there, uh, you certify these pathways that can demonstrate a lower carbon intensity. And relative to the benchmark in that carbon intensity in the pathway that you've, you've certified, you can generate credits. Uh, if you're a company that exceeds a baseline, you have deficits. And so that's kind of the way those, uh, those programs work. So for, for the programs, whether they're voluntary or, or, or state-run, um, the minting of credits as a process, maybe not getting too deep into that, to that, because I'm sure we could spend many hours discussing that process, but as in, in the transportation space, if, if, if you were to assess, hey, I've got, um, this is my carbon footprint for the transportation um, part of my business. There's, as you said, there's some technologies maybe that I, I can adopt to reduce um, and get me closer to net zero. Um, but surely not in the near term, uh, many companies will be able to do that all through technology, right? There's going to need to be some sort of purchasing, I believe, right, of carbon credits to offset part of the business that you, whether it's either too costly to do it today or the technology is not there, it's not scalable, but there is this market. And, you know, that is, I think the purpose of these markets to to provide a place for people to um, to purchase the, the credits to offset the business they're doing. Um, and then maybe explain a little bit, you know, how that, how a company would go about interfacing with that market, accessing that market, getting, you know, knowing that they're using a trusted um, source, right? And then also, you know, the thing that I often see is planting trees, right? As a program that people point to that um, allows them to say, um, that they're reducing their carbon footprint as well, and so how does that fit into the into the into the into the market, the um, offset market, and what are, you know what's good advice for people as they start going out into the world? One, setting targets for themselves. I think you know, I think freight waves um, can be you know a good place to uh, to start to get people familiar familiar with um, what their footprint is. Um, but then there is that part of, okay, now I can understand what my impact is. Um, now what's you know, the thought process behind reducing it? What are really the tools out there for me to use um, either through, when I mean, you talked about LCFS, um, you know, we could, you know, there's EV out there that will happen over time. Um, but as the, you know, aside from those technologies, from the market's perspective, what are, what are the available markets out there for people to tap into? Yeah, it, it's, you know, right now, you know, I think one of the key uh, areas for development that, that will continue to evolve and, you know, many companies have, you know, stepped in is carbon accounting. And, you know, how do you account for your carbon footprint? How do you measure it? Uh, you know, scope one, scope two, scope three emissions, um, you know, and, and really uh, putting a finer point on the measuring uh, your carbon footprint. And so, you know, depending on, uh, you know, what type of emissions you're, you're pointed at, um, you know, there, are, you know, there are various tools out there. And so can you pause right there for a second and just describe scope one, scope two, scope three at a, at a high level? Yeah. So, so effectively you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, direct emissions, um, you know, something like a, a refinery, direct, direct emissions at the refinery level, at the power plant level. Uh, you know, as you get into scope two, you're looking at, uh, you know, the, uh, the electricity usage, uh, of those firms. So, you know, to run the refinery, you obviously need to, 
you know, it's a big consumer of electricity. And so as you get into scope three, it's more, you know, what are the downstream uh, emission impacts of the products uh, that you're selling? And so, um, you know, the scope two is, you know, something that, uh, you know, looking at electricity uh, consumption uh, historically, you know, there's been, uh, you know, a long standing rec market, renewable energy certificate market where uh, renewable sources like wind, solar, uh, biomass, other qualifying renewable energy sources uh, generate a rec. And for companies that are buying power, uh, some of that power may be brown, some may be green. Um, but if they want to make sure that the power that they're buying is 100% renewable, one tool that they have are buying RECs. And they can they can do that to green up the power purchasing that they have. And so really these, um, these offsetting tools uh, are not always about carbon offsets. Uh, in some cases, they can be, of course. Um, but, you know, really the the type of emissions that you're pointing to, uh, you know, there there can be various tools uh, out there, but that's where really, uh, you know, the market will evolve. Uh, the carbon accounting itself, you know, should become more of a standard. Uh, you need more harmonization, you need more transparency. Uh, you know, we've always been a big proponent of regulation. Uh, and, you know, when these markets become futures markets, you know, having the Commodity Futures Trading Commission overseeing the markets, um, you know, bringing a level of uh, transparency and regulation that really is industry standard to other commodity markets uh, is definitely an important piece of it as well. And so, you know, I think from an investor confidence perspective, uh, you know, from a, uh, you know, from a visibility perspective, uh, you know, the markets need to be transparent. Uh, they need to be regulated. Uh, you know, you need to have harmonized standards and, and very um, rigorous uh, verification. Thanks. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time today. I think, you know, one of the things that take away from me is one that ESG is here to stay. It sounds like that this is going to be a growing part of um, really all markets globally, um, that it's early days still. And there's a lot of coordination to be done across the market. You know, I've been close. We thank you guys for a while. So we appreciate all the things that you've been able to do there to help bring awareness and transparency. Um, we're excited about the things that freight waves can do in the space, too, and to start bringing um, you know, more awareness in the transportation space and how can we be a place that's creating that transparency and harmonization. So, um, you know, I think hopefully we can have you back on more chats in the future. I think there's many more areas for us to dive into. Um, but again, thank you so much for your time today. And, um, you know, for people who want to be connected with Incubex, um, we'll have contact details for you as well. Yeah, thanks a lot, Danny. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, no, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed the conversation, and uh, you know, um, you know, the transportation sector really is um, you know the the next evolution, I think, of of many of these environmental markets, and uh, you know, something that'll be very front and center uh, for both you know the consumer side and and also the supply side of it, and um, you know, would have be uh, be happy to join you again. So, thank you, appreciate thank it. You.